0: Hey there, my name is Paul and this is Out of Neutral, a weekly vlog where we look to the Bible to get in gear and follow Jesus into the life he came to make possible. Today I wanted to talk about the first spread of the gospel in Zimbabwe. People like William Carey and Hudson Taylor get mentioned so often in conversations about missions, you could get the impression that the spread of Christianity is just a story of European evangelistic exploits. That certainly isn't the case. Today, Christianity is thriving in Africa while it's struggling to survive in many parts of Europe. And now there are more missionaries being sent out from South Korea, Brazil, and Nigeria than any country in Europe. I've read a book called Clouds of Witnesses that chronicles the contributions of African and Asian Christians to the church. And because our church has been so blessed by the testimony and ministry of Zimbabweans over the years, i was intrigued to learn about bernard mizeki one of the first missionaries to bring the gospel to that nation he was born mamieri Mizeka guambe in 1861 in what is now mozambique after working briefly in a trader's store he moved to cape town south africa as a teenager and there was exposed to christian teaching for the first time he was known for his hunger for the scriptures and when he was baptized at 25, he immediately asked to help serve in the mission work. While he at first appeared shy among Europeans, he had a gentleness that made him a winsome evangelist among fellow Africans. Mission efforts in Africa during the 1800s were often complicated by British colonialism, which either preceded or accompanied evangelistic outreach. In 1891, Mizeki was assigned to Mashonaland the region of the Shona people in what is now northern Zimbabwe between the Zambezi and Munyati rivers. After negotiating with the local chief Mizeki was granted permission to build a hut in the village, planted a garden to supply his own food. Like many Africans he had a remarkable gift for languages. He mastered the Shona language within a year and was able to speak eight different African languages in addition to English, Dutch, Portuguese and some French, Latin, and Greek as well. While he diligently studied and taught the scriptures, he also served the Shona people. In 1895, when a smallpox outbreak threatened the region, he gave vaccinations to the villagers, protecting them from further harm. He was a favorite among the children of the village because of his voice. He was often found teaching them how to sing. While the work was slow, he gathered villagers who wanted to learn the scriptures. He led people to Christ. He preached in surrounding villages, and he helped translate portions of the Bible into a local dialect. Unfortunately, God's work is often accompanied by Satan's opposition. Mizeki became a target of the Naganga, traditional healers, because he taught against local practices that included the killing of twin babies, rampant drunkenness, the offering of sacrifices to spirits, and the murder of people named by the Nganga as sorcerers. He drew further criticism when he married one of the chief's adopted granddaughters. In 1896, when anti-colonial sentiment had led to attacks on Europeans, Mizeki received instructions to withdraw from a land to the safety of a mission compound. He replied, the Shona people were suffering, adding, I cannot leave my people now in a time of such darkness. Soon after, he was dragged from his home and stabbed to death. Reading about Mizeki's life and ministry and tragic death challenged the way I look at my own life. Mizeki's simplicity, his faithfulness and obvious love were what impacted people's lives, rather than the glitz and self-promotion that's so often highlighted in our culture today. Life for him was about serving his savior and the people God had called him to even if it meant serving in obscurity and ultimately facing an untimely death. I want that kind of eternal perspective to rescue me, to rescue me from the self-seeking, live for the moment message that bombards us today. His biographer closes his summary of his life impact with these words. In 2005, despite Zimbabwe's internal political tensions massive shortages of food and fuel, and an unemployment rate of 80%, almost 20,000 people attended the annual festival that remembers his sacrifice for the Shona people. May God give us faith and courage to learn from his example. That's all for this time. If today's video has helped you get out of neutral, share it with your friends, and subscribe to join us in the journey.